Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. to be doing this again after a really unique interesting couple days here in the world of the nba between uh topics we'll discuss today such as um gold diggers on sidelines fighting people (laughs) that'll be touched on definitely my favorite story of the week yes yes doesn't get much better than this no um and just the weird twists and turns of it um but you know we'll talk about the all-star ballots but i wanted to start talking actually about a team I never thought I'd be talking about on a regular basketball podcast again, and that is the Houston Rockets. Um, so it's been 10 games now since they made the James Harden trade. You've seen Brooklyn be successful, even though they are abysmal defensively, but we haven't really talked about what the Rockets have done since then. And not only have they fought their way back up to being the eighth seed right now in the Western Conference, so they'd be in the play-in tournament. Yeah. Um, they've been the number one team defensively in that time frame. They've won seven of those 10 games and are on a six-game win streak. So they had a three-game losing streak. Now they've won six in a row. And you can see that the group they have, this like Christian Wood, John Wall, Victor Oladipo, David Nawaba, Eric Gordon group kind of go down the list. It seems like they really enjoy playing together as a team. It seems like they really have fun together. Um, John Wall had a quote where he said that he like the team really likes each other and you can see like how much they're celebrating each other and how different that is. And Steven Silas has finally like got through the deal, the pain of James Harden and is having fun. It looks like coaching a team finally, since he got and an NBA for, coaching gym and good for Steven Silas yes. for, for having yes. a net. Like, I mean, that's like an awful thing. Obviously he's been a coach for a long time, but he hasn't been a head coach of the, you know, right. for a while. So like, the you know coming into a situation where your first order of business is a pain in the ass player who wants to be traded it's got to be very difficult very difficult so uh, you know props to him for for navigating those waters and and coming out unscathed yeah exactly so i feel like um one of the bigger things we had dealt with with james harden was obviously he was very open about his unhappiness I know there was a lot of jokes about how he somehow dropped 27 pounds between his last Houston game and first Brooklyn game yeah. in the span of a few days. Um, maybe the camera just had a unique angle that week. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. But when you kind of take away, what do you kind of take away from the start the Rockets have had this post Harden era, you know, this no, no Westbrook, no Chris Paul, no real superstar Christian Wood, probably the closest to one right now because John Wall's still healing. Um, Actually, I don't know if he's still healing. He looks pretty awesome. But um, what what are your takeaway from what you've seen so far from this Rockets team in the post post Harden? Well, I think they're playing like they have something to prove at this moment because, um, like I said before, just having a uh, having all of the eyes on an unhappy star is difficult for an entire organization, um, especially someone like John Wall, who is in a very unique situation. A guy who hasn't played in two years who you know, has played very well this year. Like, I really like what I've seen. This is not what I expected to see from John Wall. Um, I don't necessarily think that he's the John Wall of old, but some games he does look like he's the the John Wall of old. 
Doesn't so, um, you know, so, it, you know, he looks good and, you know, they're winning games. Uh, like you said, the defense has been, you know, they, they're number one right now in defense. Uh, not for the league, but in the stretch post James Harden, those 10 games, they've been the top defensive team in that stretch. And that's, and that's incredible. That's incredible. And it takes a, an entire team to buy into a, a defensive, you know, scheme, but, you know, looking back at some of these games over the last couple of weeks um, and just seeing it and it's not a, it's not necessarily uh, one guy carrying the whole team. No. They've got a lot of guys here. A few of them do the, kind of the same thing, you know, put up points, Eric Gordon, Victor Oladipo, John Wall, you know, even DeMarcus Cousins has had, you know, a couple of good games there. Yeah, those, there. that stretch when Christian Wood was out, he was really yeah. good. Yeah, and then, of course, Christian Wood, which is, you know, we'll talk about him later. He's on my all-star ballot. But, um, you know, it, it's 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 great to see a team – Unite as one, buy in uh, to basketball the right way, and have fun while they're doing it too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All these guys are coming from different places, different backgrounds. Christian Wood, you know, uh, <laughs> he's he's playing out of his mind this year. So, and it's like it's not necessarily something that you uh, would have expected, but here he is in Houston, outplaying you know the other teams he's been on. So. You got DeMarcus Cousins, who who's had a million injury concerns. Like you said, when Wood went down, DeMarcus has kind of picked up the pace. Uh, Eric Gordon is still Aaron, Eric Gordon. So it's it's just interesting to see from P- – it's, it's, it's a collective effort to be able to, to do what they're doing right now. And, uh, you know, uh, it would be a huge, huge win for the, the fans of Houston for them to get into the play-in tournament this year and possibly, you know, make it further into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. I think really, the way, like you said, it feels like it's a roster of guys who are trying to prove themselves. Um, you know, not necessarily the island of misfit toys, but have a ton of guys who came from different stretches. You know, whether it's the John Walls and DeMarcus Cousins who are trying to prove they're healthy and can play, the Victor Oladipos who really didn't have the most ceremonial ending to his time in Indiana, yeah. um, Jay Sean Tate who spent a bunch of time overseas is now getting some time, getting some run in the NBA um, for this team. Um, you know, Sterling Brown, who's been in and out. I know guys yeah. like that, but like Daniel House, who was very well known for last year, uh, being the guy who almost broke the bubble and got kicked yes. out. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then they're, I adding, forgot about that. Yeah. Now they're adding Kevin Porter Jr., who I guess they traded for for a really, really, really extended second round pick. Uh, I believe they signed him to, uh, to the Rancho Grand Valley Vipers, the G League team. But it's, hey, that's a nice, that's a nice card to have in your pocket, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we were closing the year out last year talking about him like he was the best young player on the Cavs potentially. Yeah. And so, you know, um, but I'm really excited about how they played. I think it's a good group. And now as far as how they look compared to the West, obviously Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Nuggets, like disregard those teams because that's that's the four out there. Like those are the guys. Um, So we're not saying how they look compared to them. I'm more looking at this Phoenix, Memphis, Portland, Golden State, San Antonio group that they're kind of in right now. How do you feel about this team compared to those guys? Because I feel like they probably are up there more. I would say Phoenix is the best of that group. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Phoenix has been a top five defense all year so far. I don't know if that'll keep up, but I can't imagine them dropping too far by any means. Um, Because DeAndre Ayton has had moments, but for the most part, he's been really solid. And Mikhail Bridges has been terrific, but 
I think that, you know, if you look at that group, I think you could kind of see them in that higher five, yeah. six, seven area. I think they definitely have that to them. Yeah, they can, they can definitely do that. Uh, if they, if they stay healthy, I, I think, you know, uh, playoffs are, you know, a very reachable goal for this team. Um, especially, you know, they're on kind of a, a decent streak right now where they're, they're really playing well, that'll probably taper off a little bit, but, um, they got an interesting group of guys, um, that can put up points and, and play defense. And it's, it's great, man. And it, you, you love to see a team who got rid of a guy, you know, it wasn't really, like I said before, it was just, you know, taking all the attention away from the other players. And now they've, they're ready to lock down and actually do what they're there to do, you know, and James Harden, he's doing well in Brooklyn too. So, yeah, you know, Eastern Conference Player of the week last week. So and... yeah, yeah. He's, he's having a heck of a season too. So, um, you know, sometimes it's nice to see when, you know, you got a team and a player that have kind of a, kind of a almost messy divorce to be able to go someplace else and go in a different direction and both succeed at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And at the moment that we're recording this, they're currently playing at OKC. Uh, they're up two in the first quarter, but this is what they have coming up. Uh, tomorrow, the day this show goes up, they'll be at Memphis. Um, they come home the 6th for San Antonio, and they're back on the road for Charlotte, New Orleans. And they come home from Miami and go to the Garden to play the Knicks. And then they go back to the Wizards on the 15th, which I don't know if you remember last week, uh, Washington made their trip to Houston first time they've played since that trade. And um, they, they gave them the business. The Rockets did. Yeah. Um, you saw a lot of John Wall and Russell Westbrook drawing to the yeah. game. And you saw a lot of Bradley Beal, the start of this Bradley Beal frustrations that, Oh my God, I'm already so sick and tired of hearing about. Yes. Um, but that's a nice little, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook's going to have that game in his pocket. He's going to want to have those little revenge games. So that's okay. That's okay. It's fun. Yes. It yes. is. You know what else is fun, Sean? What? It's fans that overstep their boundaries in basketball games in Atlanta, Georgia. And do, do you think this is a Southern thing? I don't know, but a Southern rich thing. Yeah, it might be. I don't know, man. Um, I'm not one to make fun of people for like how they act in crowds and stuff, but I'm probably going to end up accidentally making fun of these two people because this was unreal. How stupid this was. So go, so, so go ahead. Now I have seen the video. Okay. I have seen this, this, this young lady's video. So um, break down what exactly happened here because I have been reading it in bits and pieces. Same. And I, I know you have all of the information that I need right now. All of it is probably overselling it, but tell the story. Um, I have enough to laugh at it, I guess okay. I would say. Go ahead. So actually, funny enough, when we were recording Shot Callers Monday night, I had the game on in the office on mute, and I like look over and I'm like, who the hell is what is going on? And I'm like, is that Kelly Loeffler? Is my first thought. Like, is that who's yelling at yeah. LeBron James? And I look on Twitter and everyone's like, Kelly Loeffler and LeBron are going at it. I'm like, is it actually her? It turns but out it, was it wasn't. That. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe Twitter just proved my point. But once again, we proved that not everything on the internet is true. Um, so I guess this man who uh, goes by the Instagram name, um, Daddy Carlos. Yes. Yes, Daddy Carlos. I guess has multiple Instagram posts with him and like LeBron James in the same picture. And he is like, you can't you tell I don't like this guy? This fat ass almost sat on my wall to my phone. And I'm like, that's weird, really weird behavior. And so I guess Daddy Carlos may have, um, him and LeBron may have been changing some words. 
And I guess LeBron called him old steroid ass, which is pretty hilarious, which led to young 25 year old woman who maybe she really is in love, Sean, maybe so, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Had a little too much to drink. And I guess started jawing at LeBron James himself. And then as she was getting kicked out of the arena, made some social media videos where she's talking about how it's such bullshit that LeBron James um, got her kicked out of a game and went further to say that he was a pussy and that he was afraid he got outdone by a 25 year old girl and he should sit the fuck down was her exact words on her videos. I believe I might be paraphrasing, but um, here's where I'm going to go with this angle. First off, do we not learn anything from Cleveland, the Cleveland incident? Do we not learn that like, you don't poke the bear. Didn't we just talk about this last week. And second, like why, what, um, can, can I do it? Can I do a screen share really quick so we can, please. We, can, we can see this gentleman real quick here? Yes. Oh, you've disabled my screen sharing. I can't do it. How do I enable it? Hold on. I don't know. Hold on, Sean. I'm going to figure this out right now. Just because I just have to, I have to show off the, the picture of this, this gentleman <laughs> that I just found. Cause I, I was unaware, uh, from, from, from where I had read about this story, I I'll be honest with you. I was completely assuming that it was a, a rich old white guy. Which you're correct. So sort of, yes. Um, Okay. It does not, I don't know how to do it. I'll have to figure it out for next episode. But anyway, yes. Um, It is a rich old white guy who is very muscular. Here he is. Here's the guy. I'm I'm looking at two different. There's, (laughs) there's another big daddy Carlos that's, that's on the internet. So I must've been confused here. So let's, let's load him up here and let's, uh, Let's see what we got. I'm I'm a little. So here we go. Can I do it now? Um, I haven't figured it out how to do it. Okay, so. never mind. We won't do it. We won't do it. That's fine. Um, so he's jawing at this at, at LeBron James, and apparently you said he is he's heckled LeBron before. Yeah, there's like multiple pictures on his Instagram account that the internet have shared where he is like it's him and LeBron in pictures, and he's just like talking shit about them, and like these are the captions and stuff. Well, I, why, what would you, so, so LeBron calls Carlos old steroid ass. <laughs> You're okay. correct. Okay. And courtside Karen. Okay. Uh, it says they, they, they've appeared, it says they appear to have attended all three of the Hawks home games where fans were allowed in the arena this season. So this was this was in Atlanta when this happened. It was, yeah. It was okay, the so I was right. So, so this is. I, I was assuming that it was in LA, but that makes no sense since it's California, and I don't think they're allowing any any fans into the arena. But Atlanta makes a little bit more sense. Okay, I feel better about this now, about my assumptions with this. So so, what happens after that? After old steroid ass is is called? Do they just kick him out of the game? Yeah, uh, which, by the way, you can share this picture now if you want. I just figured it out if you didn't already take it down. Um, this is live podcasting at its finest, folks. Um, but, yes, while you're doing that, um, he, they got kicked out of the game. She's, like, doing this, like, th- video, like, on her social media where she's, like, talking to, like, she's, like, all I was doing was enjoying my drink, and I couldn't – I got kicked out of the game because LeBron James started saying shit to my husband. And, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I just don't, 
I don't understand it. And the way she's like blinking and acting like it's like the worst thing in the world and the most like, this is like one of the most privileged situations I've ever seen unfold. Yes. But, but does it hold up, Tim? Does it hold up to the original courtside Karen, the one who notoriously flipped off Joakim Noah at a Miami Heat game? Oh my God, I forgot about that. She will always go down in my mind as the one. And it's like, you just know. You just know that that lady is not going to Miami Heat games anymore. She was just there for, you know, just to be part of it. It was, it was, LeBron was down there. The big three were down there. That was it. She just wanted to be there. It was fun. It was a novelty to her. She's just, she's not a basketball fan, but she really did, you know, really like giving the finger to my boy, one of my favorite players of all time, Joe Kim Noah. <laughs> and he doesn't deserve that. No, he doesn't deserve that. Not from her. She's not up there doing uh, averaging 12 and 10, you know? <laughs> She's not, not up there doing that. Defensive she's, player of the year. She's not. She's not down there uh, winning defensive player of the year. She's not there coming third in MVP voting one year. Okay, leave Joe Keem alone. So I think about that. But who does this kind of thing? You know what I mean. This is all for attention. This is all mm-hmm. for you know somebody who wants to. And you know what? She'll probably end up on a housewife show after this. Yep. Someone, probably Atlanta, probably Atlanta, you know, it's just, it's just a shame that, that, you know, you know, I'm glad they kicked them both out. I think that's, that's the right thing to do because, you know, people heckle players all the time. Yeah. You know, it's part of being a fan. It's part of being a fan, but when it gets to a point where it just gets to be like nasty, Mm -hmm. like over and over again, you know, get them out of there. It's not a good look for Atlanta. It's not a good look for that lady, her big daddy, Carlos, or anyone involved. So, Yeah, my favorite thing was shortly after his presser, uh, which LeBron's presser on this is also fantastic. So I'll I'll, I'll touch on that in a second. Share it, share it. On LeBron's Twitter, he has a tweet right after it says, Courtside Karen was mad mad, both mads in all caps with Two exclamation points and the laughing emoji eight times. So you could say that really bothered him. It just really got to him, obviously. Okay. <laughs> and Sounds then, like it. Yes. And then uh, when they did the presser, he said, uh, it, looked, it was some people who uh, just had a little bit too much to drink. And he was just happy that they had fans and games again because he missed that interaction. So <laughs> good, good way weather in the storm there, LeBron James, yes. always saying the right thing. That's good. Yes. That's Spoken good. like a true politician in the future. That's very good. That's exactly how you answer that question too. You made me think about when you brought up um, the first courtside Karen in Miami that flipped off Noah. Do you remember a couple of years ago when the Cavs were playing in Golden State? And there's it was the it was like a Christmas Day game, and that woman was like doing like the like crying thing at LeBron like this, and he turned oh, around yeah. and caught her, and she was like, <gasps> "Yes, I remember that. I remember that." And he like looked at her, gave her the look. That's up there with um the the fat guy that at the Sixers Thunder game like uh, the first year after Durant, the guy that gave Westbrook the finger, and you see Westbrook do the whole like. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. I think that like the fan interaction thing is a lot of fun. I agree. It's definitely nice to have fans in the game, but like we were just talking about, like this guy the week before in Cleveland that really upset LeBron and, you know, was not the same situation, but again, don't poke the bear. You know, it's just, you just don't do it. 
Yeah. And especially because Atlanta's like the team that's like, well, we want to host this all-star game that you guys were throwing together last minute. So mm, maybe yeah. we'll have fans that said all-star game. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, so we did our first ballots for the all-star game. We um, did. Yeah. And I kind of was looking over it more and more because the discussion that they're having this year is not doing the all-star game draft. Um, you know, first off, let's go ahead and say that. Like, I feel like this all-star game is incredibly unnecessary with everything going on in the world. Sure. Um, how limited the season is. Um, you know, I don't know if it's the best move. I understand why they want to do it. Um, obviously the all-star game is part of the NBA tradition. It's, you know, one of the best things every year, all-star weekend's a blast, but it was also very kind of frightening to do because I don't know if it's necessarily necessary to do. So I wanted to kind of, with that being said, we are basketball writers and we are basketball media guys. So we have to do, we have to do ballots, right? We just, you know, part we of, had to part of the gig. So I want to go ahead. And here's the other thing I found out. It's West versus East this year. No draft. Like I said earlier. So I actually like that. I think it's time I'm to bring that stoked. back. I I'm stoked. actually cool with that. The last couple of years with the way that the league has been structured, I think the uh, picking the players has been fun and everything, but I honestly, like I would kind of like to go back to some of the, the old past ways of, of, of the all-star game, the East versus West. I just, I think it, I think the all-star game needs to be worth more in some sense. I think there yeah. need, it needs to count for something later on in the year. I don't do know what they did last to... year. Do the Elam ending at the end. That was spectacular. That all-star game was last year. They did the Elam ending where like after at a certain point in the game, the, whoever was the first to score one yeah. 40 wins the yeah. game. Like, yeah, that was awesome. Do yeah, that, that every cool. year. That was, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Give me that in real basketball games. So we don't have to have like the whole foul, the foul fest at the end. Sometimes the, foul, the hack-a-shacks. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. So my Eastern conference starting five, I went like this. I went Bradley Beal um, just because I feel like for some reason, no matter how great of a year he's having, he will not get to get enough votes to be a starter. So this is my sure. chance to like, maybe I'll get him enough votes to be reserved. Sure. Zach Levine. That's the bulls fan in me. That's the fact that he's having gotta, a terrific year. Yeah. And um, I would, 10 times much rather see Zach Levine starting the All-Star game than Trey Young. Is it going to happen? No, but I would probably not. A million times rather show to see Zach Levine than Trey Young jumping into people to get fouls. In the <laughs> in the front court, I went Kevin Durant because okay. obvious reasons. His recovery has been spectacular. I went Giannis because he's Giannis. And I went Joel Embiid for my for my Eastern Conference five because I thought that was going to be awesome. Um, Western Conference five, my guards. I went Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. And my, my front court, I went LeBron, Jokic, and Anthony Davis. Now, here's the big thing that really drives me about this East-West comeback, Sean. Okay. For one night only, we will have, be able to have Steph Curry and LeBron James be on the same basketball team. It's never happened before. Nope, they didn't play in Team USA together ever. I looked. Yeah. Um, so... At least if I didn't, I let's hope to God roster. that let's hope to God Curry Curry's knees, ligaments wrist. all hold up and everything wrist, everything holds up. So we can see this just once in our life, just once, because it would just be like probably the two most iconic NBA players in the last 15 years. Yeah. You know, debatably. Absolutely. So absolutely. I'm in. Yes. Um, I like all of your choices there. Uh, we have very similar on, on both, uh, both, um, parts of the ballot here so i'll go through my east first um just like you i had to put a bulls player in and why not zach levine he's having a hell of a year yep bulls aren't great but you know whatever they're good they're not great but 
Um, this is where it gets a little different for me. So this is my one other pick that's not like yours because um, we had almost identical ballads except for this pick. Um, I went with Jalen Brown. That's fair though, because he was, it was really hard for me not to put him. I like, it was Uh, was so difficult. I feel like Jalen Brown is one of those guys that in my head I have denied is a big game talent for a while. Um, And um, we're like, well, you know, he's almost there. He's almost there. He's there. Yeah. He's He's there. there. He is having a phenomenal season this year. Jalen Brown, um, him and Tatum, like just they're, they're great. I love what the Celtics have done in terms of investing in young players. And, and cause I mean, two seasons ago we were like, I can't believe they paid him that much. Like that's, that's crazy. And he's living up to it. So good on him. I had to give it to him. Uh, the rest of my three, just like yours, I, I did Durant on de Kumpo and Embiid all deserving uh, right there. I, I don't think uh, anybody could really even argue with that. It's, I think that's, that's what it should be um, with the West little similar. Uh, obviously I did put LeBron in there. I went with Anthony Davis, um, switched it up though, threw Christian Wood in there. Cause he's just been such a, such a boss this year. Yeah. Um, it's a and, fun you one. know, he deserves a, he deserves some votes, man. He's playing really well. Um, I also, I went with Doncic instead of Damian Lillard. That was um, difficult. I almost went Luca myself. So, so yeah. I almost went Donovan Mitchell actually too. You, you could go with any of those and it would be fine. Yeah. Um, but I went with Luca and uh, I went with Steph as well. Steph is just I mean, last night, what did he have? Uh, 38 points? 38, and a loss, yeah. And a loss. I mean, he's just putting up points. He is, his his powers are, are back. You yeah, know? he's back. I just, I, I'm just so, 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 so sad we didn't get to see Clay this year. Like, I mean, it's just, it hurts me every time I watch a Warriors game. Like, God, wouldn't it be fun to have him, you know, and, and Green back together and, you know, adding on Wiseman. It would just been so great this year, you know, and they're playing fine. Like, they're playing yeah, they're- fine. But Their contention sometimes, but but like last night when they when they lost to the the Celtics, like Steph had no help at all. He had no help. Like it was just Steph last night. So it's like you know that's what happens. But he's been he's been phenomenal. Yeah, it's so nice to see. And you 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 know I'm definitely with you on the whole like if they slide Clay, especially now that there's these rumors about the Warriors trading for Lonzo. Uh, can you imagine Lonzo like like uh getting those guys feeds for like catch and shoots, like oh, how good yeah. of a passer he is and alley-oops to James Wiseman. Well, like that's a blast. Well, well, playing, playing Curry off is a, like an off ball guy um, in a catch and shoot scenario. It's so fun. It's fun. And it, it might be a little dangerous for other teams, especially if you get somebody like Lonzo though. So um, I wasn't able to listen to your episode of the shot callers. Was that one of the trades you guys talked about? It was one of the ones that was discussed because there's been uh, the big rumor's been, I shouldn't say big rumor. It's been mentioned a few times of Kelly Oubre for, um, for Lonzo Ball, uh, New Orleans Golden State swap. JJ Reddick's been in discussion for a few different teams, including Brooklyn. Um, he lives in Brooklyn, so I can see how yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So, and then I guess the Bulls have been expressed interest in Lonzo. Um, the thing that sucks right now is that the Lori's played so well is that the bulls really can't get rid of him without like getting something fair back. And, you know, I think Lonzo helps the bulls out a ton as far as, you know, putting Kobe white to two, put Zach Levine at the three. Um, but yeah. also I like have concerns about the rest of the roster from there. Um, and Lori, you know, like I said, like Lori has been excellent to Castle games. He had 30 in the next game on Monday night. So I don't know if I, that might convince, cause I don't know. So we talk about this all the time. Um, 
one of the things that was brought up with Nick Ferdella and Wendy's pod, I think last week he said, when I cover the Bulls, when they drafted Lori, you know, we know they turned on his option in the summer. He goes, I don't know if the Bulls love him enough to give him a long-term deal. Yeah. So that tells me the fact that he mentions that because he was very in with the Bulls. It wasn't like he kind of knew people. Um, and also that, you know, he didn't get the extension that they didn't sign him to like that deal. They declined his option that I, you know, we've always, we felt like for a long time, the Lori market, it won't be a bull come next year. I'm starting yeah. to think that could potentially be sooner than later. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Chicago, that's, that's definitely a, a, a deal I'd be, be, um, visiting at least thinking about a little bit but um you know lonzo uh to golden state sounds a little bit more fun it does sound fun it does sound fun fun. you know and i think i think lonzo's also in a like i know he's already had a change of scenery but he may be in need of an additional change of scenery kind of the way that victor oladipo was you know it's like he got to he got to oklahoma city and then, you know, you move him to Indiana and he becomes like a superstar. You know, sometimes it takes two moves to get somebody in the right situation. And yeah, um, and Kira Lewis Jr. is good. Like he is a good player for New Orleans. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like him a lot. I liked him at Alabama. Um, I think that Colin Sexton, Kira Lewis Jr., maybe they're starting a point guard tradition down there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, so people might know them for something other than their football team. I'm just kidding. They don't give a shit about their basketball program down there. Um, <laughs> two lottery guard. No, again, two lottery guards in two years. And still people are like, yeah, but the football team got this three-star quarterback through the third string. Let's talk about that. It's, it's insane to me, but I appreciate it because they're so good. Obviously. Um, last bit before we get out of here, Sean, I meant to put this in our, in our topics. So I wanted to touch real fast on it. Um, I think it's time that I finally eat crow on the Los Angeles Clippers. I know they lost last night, but um, they've been spectacular. They were, you know, they're one of the top teams in the West right now with Utah at one. They're tied with LA for two. They technically have the tiebreaker over the Lakers. Um, Kawhi Leonard's playing every night and looks awesome. I mean, looks spectacular. He's probably an underrated MVP candidate. And Paul George is not talking and playing basketball, just going with the flow. And it's nice. So yeah, it's, we called them I've I've been pretty open calling them bums at times because of obviously how they ended the bubble and also the way that they just kind of sometimes don't play when they don't want to. But obviously Ty Lewis figured something out with this group. Uh they've played really, really well. Obviously having Kawhi Leonard doesn't hurt. So um I'm gonna give them hats off. I'm not rooting for them. Obviously, I want to see the Lakers beat them. Um, but kudos. They've been they've been really good. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's, you know, and, and, you know, honestly, last year they underperformed obviously because of, you know, everybody has to blame Paul George's play in the playoffs last year. Um, but everybody wants to see the battle of LA this year, right? Right. We want to see it. And we feel like this is the year we are going to see it. We we were kind of robbed of that last year. So um, I think the Clippers, um, they have a good team. They're, they're, they're built up very nice they have some great players they play well um barring any sort of you know health things that could that could arise um i fully expect them to be and i'll say this over the denver nuggets and i I know i feel like i'm throwing shade at the denver nuggets and we shouldn't do that because we know better but um i fully expect them to believe in the them to be in the conference finals with the lakers this this summer i do too 
I think that they're they're just too good. Both teams are just too good. Uh, they're the one team that would definitely not shock me if they eliminated the Lakers in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this isn't the thing I want to see happen by any means, but you've got to give credit where credit's due. Um, you know, things are working for them right now. Luke Kennard looks like it was a good pickup, and Nicholas Batum has been really good for them too, out of yeah. the blue. Uh, talk about change of scenery. That's that was a big one. So I uh, just want to make sure we got to that before we get out of here. But we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up because uh, we have a lot of content coming up this week. So we don't want to bore you guys to death by any means. Uh, sure. Tomorrow we'll be recording at large bid is Duke Carolina week. It does not mean as much as it has in the years past by any means with both teams struggling to make uh, get their name for an at large bid in the NCAA tournament. So we'll be covering that. And then uh, Friday uh, during one o'clock Eastern uh, live here on our Facebook page, I'll be talking with Jeff Perlman, New York times bestselling author about three ring circus, uh, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, in the crazy years of the Lakers dynasty. I can't put the book down at night. It's going to be a hell of a conversation. I'm excited. I've listened to every podcast he's done just about. So I make sure I ask him pretty unique questions, Um, but it's going to be cool. So I hope you guys tune in for that as well. Thank you all for everything. We've had a lot of fun and have a good night.